If you actually start making sure that you're allocating that specific time for the stuff that you're saying is extremely important, you'll do it. One topic that gets a lot of attention is work-life balance. In this episode, Pam Evanson joins me as we dive deep into this misconception, breaking down why you might be aiming for the wrong thing. It's not about setting better boundaries or choosing between work and life. The key to achieving work-life balance is in changing the goal. Listen as we talk about how you can shift from balance to integration and offer practical tips to help you take action. I'm Kylie Schmitz. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. So our topic of discussion today is one that, Pam, you and I have gone back and forth on countless times, and we get it a lot with our clients, and it comes up in conversation frequently. And the topic is work-life balance. And here at Lappin 180, we call it work-life integration. So you may hear us refer to it in both ways, but let me ask you first, Pam, in your words, what does work-life balance mean from a societal perspective, and why do we call it work-life integration? So it's funny. I, I called it work-life balance, I think, up until the time I was 40 years old. And it was one of my first coaches that helped me realize that my interpretation of work-life balance meant that everything needed to be in equal parts. And it's funny. That's why I think the word balance doesn't resonate with me any longer, because I don't think you can ever say that your life is going to be in balance. And I don't think that we should define that we're happy if our life is in perfect balance. So I'm guilty of absolutely thinking work-life balance up until about 10 years ago. And I think the reason we call it work-life integration is because we do want to be very cognizant of the fact that you just, you have a life and let's make sure whether it's work-related stuff that you're doing or personal-related stuff that you're doing, it all gets taken care of. And I think when you say work-life balance, it does infer that everything should be equal. And I felt myself starting to get probably a little bit more negative than I needed to when, okay, work was suffering because I was doing too much personally, or even more so personally was suffering because I was doing too much work. And so taking a very different look at what work-life balance means has been something I've, I've been paying very close attention to for myself over the past 10 years. I think that there's a distinct difference between having a balanced life that implies equal parts work, equal parts life, and then having a balanced mindset. Exactly. I look at it as I can have the scale shifting all the time. I was replying to emails at 11 o'clock last night because there were time-sensitive things that I needed I needed to respond to. I'm not upset about that. I know that there are going to be times where I'm going to have to work a little bit later, but I also have days where maybe I'm working from home because I had a sick dog yesterday also. So I knew that there was a little bit of give and take there. But at the end of the day, it's our mindset that we have to stay, we have to keep in check and, and balanced because I go back to this concept of equanimity 
this concept of equanimity is that we don't have high highs and we don't have low lows. We stay more even keeled throughout the fluctuations of what's going on in life or in work. And we want to maintain more of a neutral position with our emotions and our mindset. Well, and that's why I think the words that we choose to tell ourselves is extremely important. And talk track to me will determine how you view these things. And that's why I replace the word balance. I won't use it anymore. It serves me no purpose. And it is integration. And so I am trying to, to keep this mindset that allows me to make sure every single day Pam is taken care of from every different avenue, work, personal, health, all of it, all of it. And the good news is, and <laughs> those of you that know me, it's my favorite word, the more disciplined you get about not only how you think, but how you spend your time will start to demonstrate for yourself that you can accomplish everything that you need to accomplish in a given day. I just feel like we have to be a lot more thoughtful about it. I agree. I have a couple examples of what you tell yourself. This was pretty recent. I think at the end of this past year, Pam, stuff was happening from a personal perspective in my life. And then I felt like work was becoming overwhelming because personal life was becoming overwhelming. And I kept saying, gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed out. I don't have enough time. There's just so many things that I'm trying to prioritize right now. And I kept telling myself how stressed out I was. And when you and I sat down to talk about why I was feeling overwhelmed, the first thing you said to me is, you got to stop saying you're stressed out. You got to stop saying you don't have enough time. And as soon as I stopped saying it to myself and out loud, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders and I could then go back to focusing on, okay, what do I need to execute? What actions do I need to take to alleviate some of the things that are stressors in my life? And a lot of it was planning. And it comes back to the discipline, right? It was getting ahead of the things that were coming at me in life and knowing that I can anticipate these things and prepare for them. And it doesn't have to always be this feeling of overwhelm. It feels overwhelming a lot of times when we don't know it's coming. You know, and the other piece too, I think I learned early on, for those of you that know me personally, I was a single parent for a very long time and worked two jobs for two years of that period. And I used to get, again, very upset, very negative around this work-life balance. And I, I had to start adopting this concept of quality over quantity time. And it's amazing, too, when you start thinking about, okay, I have X amount of time available for the twins. When I became extremely deliberate, focused, and specific about how I was going to spend that time, me just being home for two hours, on email, distracted, watching TV, trying to cook dinner, all of those things, versus taking 45 minutes to sit down with those two and play a game. The quality over the quantity also started to become an extremely relevant piece of me not feeling like I didn't have work-life balance. So I think that's another thing for, you know, the planning piece for sure, the discipline to how much time do you really need, and then learning what quality over quantity means. When my my kids were little, especially, I thought it made a difference. Now that they're in their 20s, 
it's even bigger of an impact when we have the quality over the quantity. And it's just, it's such a different way to look at things. Well, and this reminds me of one of my favorite quotes and and also the second example I was going to share about what I tell myself. The quote is, be where your feet are. If you are totally present wherever you're at physically, you are going to be more conscious. You're going to be more appreciative of that current moment. And you're not going to be as worried about where else you need to be. And an example of this, I go to the gym and a lot of times I hear people complaining about different aspects of the workout. (laughs) You know, clusters in CrossFit, anything with an uster in it is not anyone's favorite movement because it involves like a clean and a squat and then a push press. And it's all very, very hard. And at the end of every workout, every workout, I tell myself, man, that was fun. And I say it out loud. And every time, inevitably, somebody will be like, really, you thought that was fun? I was like, I'm training myself to think it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm at the gym. I can choose to be miserable for an hour or I can choose to embrace the challenge that the gym gives me. And it helps me work on my mindset. It helps me work on my physical fitness, obviously. But I think at the same time, it challenges me to be totally present. And I've tried to incorporate more of that in my day-to-day. You know, we could look at cold callings as, oh, gosh, I have to make cold calls. I just got to get through it. Or you can say, how can I have fun with these cold calls? How can I compete with myself with these cold calls? How can I say things that no one else is going to say that's totally me, that I'm going to feel really good about saying or questions I can ask to get them to think? Versus just getting through it. I mean, and how many times do we just get through things in life that cause us to say, oh, gosh, my work-life balance is off or I don't have enough work-life balance, right? It's up to my employer to give me work-life balance. No, it's up to you to manage your mindset. Agree. It's a big part of it. Probably the biggest part of it. I think so. So going back to the work-life integration piece of this conversation, We all at Lapin 180 leverage our 12-week growth plan to help us stay accountable every quarter. And if you look at mine or Pam's or anybody, you're going to see that it's not just business action items that we have on our 12-week plan. We integrate our personal priorities and goals too. Pam, do you want to talk about how that's impacted your ability to stay disciplined in both areas? The reason I, I love process and the, and the 12-week growth plan that we utilize is because it does make sure that you're being deliberate in all areas that you deem important as you continue to evolve your life. And for those that we coach, every time we do a 12-week growth process, there's always going to be a personal bucket associated with that. So we have, we have the business buckets and we have the personal bucket. And it's funny how, as we continue to talk to clients and, you know, they try to understand the, the uh, purpose of the personal bucket, everybody has this sense of, I don't want my personal life to be disciplined. And, you know, I get a lot of flack because I zero sum a lot of my weekends. And for those of you that don't know the concept of zero sum, it basically just means scheduling time. And for me, Part of what the 12-week growth process around the personal bucket will force you to do is schedule time 
for those things that you are saying are necessary in order for me to continue growing in this avenue of my life. And so I think a lot of times I know because I'll talk to our clients. And so you're telling me that I'm going to schedule my personal time. And I, I always just want to ask, you know, why do you think that's that's weird. Why do you think that's odd? Because, you know, you schedule everything in your business world that needs to be done and you're not going to miss a deadline. You're not going to miss anything of importance. Yet we look at weekends as, well, that's my time. That's my flex time. I'm, I don't want to be disciplined during that time. And I'll challenge anybody on this one. If you actually start making sure that you're allocating that specific time for the stuff that you're saying is extremely important, you'll do it. Because remember, 12 week, you're held accountable. You'll actually do it. And I don't know about you, Kylie, but a lot of times in my past when those weekends would hit, I'm very reactive over the weekend. And so all of a sudden the weekend is gone and I look back and I'm like, I really don't know that I did anything that I truly wanted to do. And so now you're facing this, oh, and now it's time to go back to work. And, and so there's like, for me, for me personally, there wasn't as much fulfillment in the personal aspect of my life because I wasn't being as disciplined about it. Oh, I got to do laundry. I got to do this. What happened to the one hour that I wanted to make sure I went to a new state park and did the hike? And it was an afterthought. And now all of a sudden it's Sunday at six o'clock and I don't have time to do it. So believe it or not, utilizing the 12-week growth process to hold yourself accountable for the personal time and how you want to allocate that time to me, I think has a bigger return than the business stuff that we're holding ourselves accountable to. Because it's it's like, we know we're going to do that. Yeah, I know I got to make sure I do. For me, the whole, the whole return on investment for 12-week growth process has definitely been on the personal side. But to your point, Kylie, it does take a little bit of practice and discipline. Because on Saturday, when that task hits, the thing I said I wanted to make sure I do, you got, you got to actually do it. You can't let other things get in the way. Because it all integrates together, right? We're going back to this word integration. It all bleeds together. I have on my 12-week growth plan, go to bed by 10 p.m., wake up at 5 a.m. If I don't go to bed by 10 p.m., I'm not going to likely wake up at 5 a.m. And if I do, I'm going to be tired. And then what kind of version of me am I showing up at work with? And it usually is not the best version of me that my clients deserve. So I think about these things as this is what makes me better at work, but this also is what makes me better in a personal perspective. The, the whole 5 a.m. wake up allows me to ground myself for the day, execute my morning routine, have time to journal and prep my lunch and spend time with my dog and do anything I need to do around my apartment to clean up, do laundry, whatever. I do a lot of chores in the morning too because it really makes me feel productive when I start my day out that way. So all of this being said, this is what helps me show up as best as I can at work. And it totally blends together. It also is what keeps me accountable in the evening. You know, if I don't schedule out my workouts in the evening, it's way too easy to say, oh, gosh, I'm tired. Well, no, I actually registered for a class at the gym, and I know my coach is going to be texting me and, and ask me why I canceled if I don't show up. 
Well, you know what's so funny? Here's the story you start to tell yourself too. So I've scheduled these gym workouts. I was too tired, so I didn't go. And in two weeks from now, here's what you'll be saying. I don't have enough work-life balance, my workouts. I don't even have enough time to work out. And it's like we never go back to the fact that we just chose not to do it. We made a different decision. It has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that we don't have time. It means in that moment, we made a different decision. And it's amazing. I have to catch myself doing this. It's like, hold on. Why am I saying that? Did I choose to do something different? And now I'm trying to tell myself a different story to justify. And it is amazing how many times I have find myself doing that in my past. I don't even have enough time to work out. Yes, you do. You blew them off. You had the time and you blew it off. And you made an excuse as to why you blew it off. So that's the other thing too is, is understanding, hey, if I actually do get out of my comfort zone, enhance a little bit more discipline. My first experience with the whole work-life balance thing that started this whole thought process was when my coach said to me, I said, well, you know, I just, the one thing I feel is missing is I love having outside time in the morning. He's like, okay, why aren't you doing it? Right? Well, cause I don't have time and it's just, it's something I can't fit in. And he said, well, what time are you getting up in the morning? Oh yeah, I get up at six every day. So get up at five 30 and take a walk. It's just super early. It's just, it's just really early. And he said, Pam, I guarantee you, you will feel so much better taking that walk, then you will feel taking that extra half hour of sleep. And I think, Kylie, that's half the battle. You know, we want to have all these gripes and negativity, and I'm, I'm certainly not critiquing or judging. I'm as guilty as everybody else on this. But then we're just, we're not willing to do the things that we know it's going to take to give us what we're saying that we need. So I, you know, I encourage everybody to, you just got to take that hard look in the mirror at yourself and start to try to figure out why you are struggling with not having enough work-life balance in your in your own definition, whatever that is. Well, and to our defense as human beings, we are truly in a battle with our subconscious. Every day. Because your subconscious has conditioned you to think, what I'm doing today is working just great. But then you have all these outside forces or our own you know, desires to improve from a conscious level saying, I should, I should do better at that. I should, I should wake up earlier. But then your subconscious kicks in and tells you, well, that then you're not getting enough sleep when really you could go to bed earlier. And, you know, I think too, if we can all start looking at those components, I know I didn't. I'm like, what does accountability and discipline have to do with making sure I have a good work-life balance? And it's, it's amazing the difference that those two words can make if we start implementing them a lot differently. Well, and I, I would challenge everybody to think about what what's the story that your subconscious is telling you, and do you do you want to continue to believe it? You get to choose whether or not those thoughts are valid, and you can change your thoughts at any time. You sure can. And you and I have talked about this a lot. We talk about it with our clients, but it you have to have purposeful practice around that. You know, you just can't wake up every day and think about it. You've got to put things in place that will allow you to be more practiced with it. Which again. Anything you can do to make sure that it's tangible practice around these mindsets and leading with these mindsets and kicking the subconscious to the curb and creating a different talk track to yourself is hugely powerful. I don't know where I learned this, but at some point, somebody said something about motivation and it always stuck with me because it's like the chicken or the egg. You have to get motivated to have motivation, but you have to have motivation in order to get motivated. 
it's this ongoing cycle of, okay, at some point we just got to do it. Some point we just got to try it. I think we're only motivated within our own comfort zones. I think motivation only takes us to a certain point and then it becomes crap. And that's why you need the accountability. And that's why you need the discipline. That's why you need somebody looking at you and asking you really hard questions because you're only going to stay motivated within your own comfort zone. I'll do the things I enjoy. Pass that. Forget about it. And I, you know, and I, I used to say that to myself too. Well, I just lack the motivation here. No, you don't, Pam. It's just too far outside of your comfort zone and you're not doing it. Or we tell ourselves, oh, I'm not good at that. I remember specifically, Pam, maybe a year ago or so, I said to you, I'm not good at discipline. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you didn't just smack me right then and there, but I remember specifically saying that. And now I'm like, oh, gosh, that old version of me was crap. I'm glad we moved on from that perspective. But it definitely took a lot of work. And really, at the root of it, I was scared to be disciplined or try to work on it because I knew it was going to be hard. Oh, it's very hard. And you know, I think one of the things that helped me the most is just take a day, take a day, take the busiest day of the week for yourself and just identify the things where you say, okay, this is what Pam needs from a personal perspective to feel good about today. And this is what Pam needs from a work perspective to feel good about today. And here's the good news. There are days when the work is going to be more loaded up and that's okay. And there's days when the personal is going to be more loaded up and that's okay. But when I challenge myself to actually say, okay, what do I I need for myself from a personal and a work perspective today? I think you're going to find that there's, there's more there than you realize in terms of time. And some days... You know, it's 30 minutes of whatever it is, working out or meditation or whatever it is. Sometimes it's more because I got to do the meal prep. But if you just take that day and say, what do I need today? What what needs to be done today in order for me to feel like it was a good day, a good day? It's that look in the mirror that I don't think we do often enough when you really have to write it down and and see what it looks like. That's a a great exercise for anybody who hasn't done that. Uh, And it took me a long time to actually do that. And one other thing I would encourage everybody to do, and I I did this myself when I was working on my discipline. And now I say I am a very disciplined person. But when I was first starting out, shifting my dialogue from, oh, I'm terrible at discipline, I suck at it, to I'm getting better at discipline. And now I say I'm good at discipline. I'm very disciplined. I think the biggest thing is at the root of it. What are you telling yourself? Right, exactly. It's the dialogue inside of your head. You have to recognize what the stories are in order to to rewrite them. Okay, so Kylie, at the end of the day, what do we want people walking away with regarding work-life balance? One, I think we want them to make the shift from work-life balance to work-life integration and start looking at work and life holistically and figure out how you can optimize both because it's not an either or it's if these are both important and I want to give my energy to both how do I do both really well and then I also would say take a step back and and listen to the stories that you're telling yourself what are the talk tracks going through your head and you may have to listen very very closely because sometimes they're using sign language or their volume is very low (laughs) and the messages are hard to hear. 
But there is some sort of storyline that's going through your subconscious that you need to identify because it may be holding you back. And as soon as you can catch it, identify it, you can rewrite it. Well, I like everything you said. I think my biggest takeaway when it comes to my experience with work-life balance is I was telling myself something that really at the end of the day didn't exist. I absolutely had the ability to give myself work-life balance. So now, all of you listeners, I'd like you to take what Kylie said and actually try to start doing something about it. Be very purposeful in your approach to gain more fulfillment if you feel like you're lacking it. Some of the exercises we've talked about on here could be extremely useful. If there are additional resources you may need to start understanding how you start telling yourself a different story, maybe how you incorporate accountability and discipline when you think about creating fulfillment, reach out to Kylie and I anytime and we're happy to talk to anybody in more detail about this. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's L-A-P-P-I-N 180.com. And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode? <laughs>